please be seated. This morning we are delighted to be in the house of the Lord. We want to give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his tender mercies and the privilege of course to come in his presence and to worship him and to adore him. Our God is great, greatly to be praised. Amen. This morning we are going to hear from God's word and I am delighted to present before you Brother Ranjan Thomas. He doesn't need much of an introduction. We all know him well. Every Tuesday and every Friday, the church intercedes on behalf of all those who are in the Lord's vineyard. Uh, both Ranjan and Jillian, they are in the Lord's vineyard, sowing and reaping. As God has given them the grace to do so, they are in a tough terrain. But the Lord has been using them, and we thank the Lord for them. Praise the Lord. This morning, Ranjan is going to come forward and bring God's word, Brother Ranjan Thomas. Uh, thank you, uh, Pastor, and it's uh, good uh, to uh, be with uh, uh, all of you uh, this uh, morning. And um, uh, yeah, Jillian and I, we will be here until the in New York until the uh, 25th before we return overseas. Uh, so I just want to say uh, thank you to those who have been praying and uh, and supporting us, and we'll also be in the back for a little bit afterwards to uh, sign up for uh, newsletters for those who haven't been uh, receiving uh, them yet. And uh, if you could all continue to pray that uh, uh, we would uh, meet uh, the uh, financial uh, need uh, for uh, the ministry in these uh, next uh, couple of uh, uh, years, uh, we would uh, really uh, appreciate that. So uh, uh, thank you, and we hope to uh, see you uh, again before we uh, leave, and we can talk uh, in the back uh, for uh, a little bit. But um, before we uh, go uh, any uh, further, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's turn to uh, prayer. God, uh, we just uh, thank you uh, for uh, who you are, and um, and yeah, we ask that you uh, be with us all uh, in this time as we uh, go into your uh, word. We ask that uh, you speak uh, to your uh, people and uh, your Holy Spirit speak uh, uh, through me, and everyone uh, would uh, uh, think about uh, how uh, this um, uh, applies to both their uh, church community and their uh, individual uh, lives and uh, draw them closer to you and help them to always be uh, us all to always reflect on these uh, truths from your word and thank you that we have uh, access uh, to your word and uh, be with us all uh, in this uh, time and give us uh, hearts and minds uh, uh, ready uh, for uh, your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, with your uh, Bibles, uh, the text uh, for today is going to be from First uh, John chapter 3. Uh, uh, we're going to read from uh, verse uh, 1 to 10. I'm going to read it all right now, but like throughout the message, I'm going to reread uh, some of them in uh, sections. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. 
the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because uh, uh, we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother." Um, for us, uh, as a uh, church, uh, we are a body of those who claim to believe that we are children of God. And uh, the way that we live, it should be evident that we are abiding in him and constantly surrendering our uh, sin to him. And the reality is, is as children of God, we are never going to be perfect in dealing with sin, and that is why we long for the day that we are finally with him in our uh, glorified state. But while we wait for that, we should remember that we were not born again uh, to sin being our identity, as our identity is representing him as his children. And uh, so I want us, uh, as uh, whoever is present and listening, to be a community that lives our identity as his children who are always in awe of God's invitation into his family, especially when the world around them will always uh, seek to make them forget the hope that we have uh, in him. And uh, today's, uh, the title of uh, this message is uh, Adopted into uh, Righteousness. Um, and as many of you uh, know, uh, today, uh, both my nephew and my son will be dedicated uh, to the Lord. And my desire and prayer for these kids is to be uh, children of uh, God. And, um, and uh, yeah, because it's important for each of us to consider what uh, that means, being a part of God's family. And more often than not, uh, children are going to view God in the same way that they see their parents. And so it's uh, important uh, for any who have kids to live in a way where uh, their children don't grow up having wrong ideas of God, especially since God is the perfect uh, father. And uh, this writing by John, it was written to help early believers. Many of these believers had the presence of false teachings about who the nature of Jesus was and the reality of sin. And John wanted them to hold on to the truth that those who walk in the light know the love that they had from God. And God being love and God being light were the most notable themes uh, throughout the writing of First uh, John. And um, as I said before, like while we're still on this earth, uh, we're going to fall short of being uh, perfect. And 
humanity had failed to live up to representing their creator and the reality of sin is still very much present, which is why something needed to change. And uh, it's more natural for the human condition often to choose the things that mark the uh, children of uh, the devil. But um, yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to reread uh, verses uh, 1 to 3 now. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And so the first point today, uh, repeat this uh, after me, children of God adopted to have hope. And then when John wrote about seeing the kind of love that was uh, given by God, he was challenging his readers to look and think intently about that love. He was reminding them that the quality of that love was so great and beyond anything uh, else. This is all connected to what John had already been talking about throughout the letter. And throughout this letter, he, this ranges from uh, confessing our sins uh, and um, in repentance and not being lovers of the world and not being swayed by those who do not acknowledge the lordship of Jesus. And uh, those are some of the issues that cause people to forget about the love that is given by uh, God. And being called God's children is a gift as part of his grace. And that is what the term here given to us, uh, when it says given to us, implies as it is something given to us that we did not earn. And so we cannot give anything back based upon anything that we uh, earned. And uh, this um, adoption, it's an idea that is uh, unique uh, to uh, the gospel. In no other religious worldview is it even thought of uh, for there to be a God who uh, invites uh, humans into his own family, especially when they are seen as sinners who are uh, unworthy. And uh, this thing called the Westminster Confession says, to be adopted is to receive God's name and to have access to God's throne, his pity, his protection, his provision, his discipline, and his promise to never abandon us. This was one of the reasons that Christ had uh, appeared, as it was not only to redeem sinners, but then also to bring redeemed sinners into God's family. The access that God gives to those who he calls his children is why we can have uh, hope. And what we should also be taken into consideration is, in the Old Testament, God called Adam and Eve uh, his children, But as we know, they severed that relationship through their uh, disobedience. And later in the Old Testament, God called Israel his children, and they were supposed to bring to God uh, genuine faith, obedience, and worship. They also failed, which is why there was a need for a Savior who would secure faith, obedience, and worship through his perfect and sinless life for those uh, who would be adopted into God's uh, family. And whenever the New Testament uses the tense for to know in the original language, it was referring to becoming familiar with the things connected to the knowledge of God and uh, Christ. 
And when he said that the world does not know him, uh, know us as it did not know him, as I mentioned before that, this adoption is unique to the gospel. And that is because every other religious uh, worldview is about getting to God on your own or does not even consider what the things of uh, God are. Uh, For example, the people who uh, we work with uh, overseas, they completely reject the idea that humanity can be called the children of God. In their thinking, considering anyone more than a servant of God is uh, irreverent to God. And this, of course, is tied up with their uh, thinking uh, that they need to outweigh their bad deeds by having more good deeds to outweigh that. In doing that, though, the problem is that they diminish the magnitude of sin because it is relying on oneself uh, instead of God for the solution to sin. It also does not take into full consideration the fullness of God's holiness as it becomes about comparing your holiness uh, uh, to others as opposed to God's. And that kind of thinking is natural to the world because Humanity desires to be in control of, uh, of every uh, situation uh, and their uh, destiny, and they are genuinely blind to their standing uh, before a holy God. Each culture and worldview has their distinct views of Jesus, but without biblical faith, they do not have the right view of who God and Jesus are. And this was very much the case for when Jesus entered the world and was not even recognized by his own people. By mentioning that the world does not know us, John does not promise believers that they would ever belong or have a better situation on this earth. Therefore, our hope, it doesn't come from compromising to be seen by the world. Our hope is that even though we have not been made perfect yet, when Christ appears, we will be able to be complete reflections of who he is. Someone once said that the gospel is not simply about getting people to heaven. It is a way to get people to God and to be made complete in his image. It is only when we have the right view of our sin and God's holiness and treasure him above everything that we experience the hope of his purification, which is a privilege reserved to his uh, children. There was a story of uh, uh, this uh, man, he passed away a few years ago, his name was uh, Nabil Qureshi, and he shared the story of something that pushed him towards embracing the gospel when he was still in his uh, former faith. Uh, His friend David, who is a believer, was explaining to him that sin is like a cancer that consumes everything, which is why the world became ruined after humanity sinned in the Garden of Eden, and how God does not want any of that in heaven and will not allow it. But Nabil did not understand how there could be hope for humans if that were the case. Uh, David told him it is only by the grace of God and that God gives his grace because of his love, and he loves sinners because he's the Father. Nabil had heard prior to that how believers referred to God as their father, but that conversation finally helped him to understand that his own father had loved him since the day he was born. 
This was before Nabil could have done anything. Nabil's father didn't love Nabil because Nabil earned his favor, but simply because he was his father. And Nabil finally saw God as a loving father who, who, um, who loved him even though Nabil was full of sin. Uh, and, but God's forgiveness and love were greater than Nabil's sins. And Nabil started to see the God of the gospel as the one true God and a beautiful God. And so with that, let's always glory in the fact that our God called us as his own children, even though it's not what we deserved. And may our hope be rooted in becoming more like the image and being with him in our glorified state and not find solace from what the world offers as the world will always fail to see the fullness of Jesus. So repeat that uh, point after me. Children of God adopted to have hope. And so now the second point is children of God adopted to be regenerate. Repeat that after me. And so uh, I'm going to reread verses 4 to 7. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. One of the reasons why it's uh, hard for uh, the people who uh, we work with to accept the gospel is because of some uh, misconceptions that they have of the gospel. They often uh, think that Christians believe that just because uh, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that we are free to live however we want with no fear of punishment. Uh, This uh, is also fueled by their thinking that anything from the Western world uh, is uh, synonymous with Christianity. And so because of that, they often attribute things like sexual promiscuity, pornography, drunkenness, witchcraft, along with some of the wars that the West has been involved in as Christian. And we, of course, know that that is not what the gospel teaches, and that would not be in the thinking of one who is a genuine believer. But the reason that John wrote about sin being lawlessness is a challenge to those who are thinking that they could live however they want because of the forgiveness of sins. And while it's not possible to achieve sinless perfection in this life, our life cannot be marked by continual unrepentance. We should be at rest in Christ's finished work on the cross and then out of gratitude become more obedient. The reality is, is that we are going to stumble and fall into sin, but genuine repentance will be continual and ongoing for that very reason. The late uh, Tim Keller once said, traditional religion says, if I obey, then God will love and accept me. The gospel says God loves and accepts me, therefore I want to obey. A lot of people and groups try to take aspects of Jesus that they like and fit it into their own paradigm while they disregard the aspects that are counter to their paradigm. Jesus, however, does not want to be known and remembered in that manner. 
He wants to be known for who he truly is, and he said that he is, and that is the fact that he had a human and a divine uh, nature, and he came to deal with the problems of our sin as a uh, redeemer. And so the redeemer, he had to be a human so that he would be of the same nature as those he came to save, a man dying for mankind. But it was equally important that the Redeemer was and is perfectly holy and divine because no sinful person could uh, bring forth atonement on their own for the sins of humanity. And so we cannot take care of the sin issue on our own, but we have to be willing to allow him to deal with the sin problem and to take it away. The word for abide in this uh, text uh, Uh, It meant being so tightly knit with Christ that in turn they would be operating more like him. That is what the regenerate life is to look like when Jesus told Nicodemus that you must be born again. It is because we have been born of God that we abide in him. Being granted regeneration is all a part of God's grace that our inclinations become more like God's. We were all born into the inclination to sin after Adam and Eve, and God could have chosen from that very moment to bring all of humanity into judgment, but instead he offered the option for a regenerate life that could manifest his glory. It is what Jesus did when he took our sinful nature and clothed us with his righteous nature, and even though he knew we would still have sin in our life, This verse does not mean that we will never sin. But John, in the original language, was addressing those who believed that they had a license to continue in their sin freely without consequence. And those who think that way have actually not become regenerate and abide in him as they do not take what Jesus or the reality of uh, judgment seriously. The regenerate will choose to do righteous because Uh, what purchased their adoption and regeneration was uh, costly. So there's a program on um, BBC where ordinary people, they often bring their damaged or their really old and distorted uh, heirlooms for repair. And um, the reason why they do this is because they tell stories of uh, why it was uh, important, uh, even though, even if it didn't have much value in and of itself, because Oftentimes, it was connected to someone that they love. And, uh, and in this uh, uh, program, they would see the uh, skills of great craftsmen and women, uh, both craftsmen and craftswomen, like uh, they were experts in woodwork and metalwork, mechanical work, and, uh, and they would uh, fix these things. And a lot of times, they would uh, make it look even better. And they deconstructed to reconstruct and restore the long-lost glory to the precious objects. And, uh, and then after that, we see the various owners, they have an overwhelming gratitude and, uh, and joy because their object was uh, uh, restored uh, to their uh, first and furnished uh, glory. And uh, usually from underneath a very ordinary uh, blanket and uh, this um, and so the adoption and regeneration is a picture of that with the way that God creates, but the fall, but His uh, redemption and His uh, and our future glorification, because uh, uh, God uh, deconstructs the personal damage that was in us because of our sins, and then He reconstructs us until the original vision in our creation is uh, realized. 
And so uh, with that, let's never think that we can use the grace given to us as a license to indulge in our sins, but we should have the desire to obey and reflect him based on the love that he has for us instead of having to earn his love and acceptance. We are God's possession due to the costly price that he paid. And similar to in our lives, we have spent our money on different possessions that are useful to us and bring us uh, joy. And let's seek to bring God joy and be useful to him in lifting up uh, his kingdom. So repeat that point after me one more time. Children of God adopted to be regenerate. And so this uh, last point is children of God adopted to contrast children of Satan. Repeat that after me. I'm going to reread verse 8 to 10. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. John here, he transitioned from connecting sin with the law of God to connecting sin with its origin, which of course is the uh, devil. The devil is shown from the very beginning of scripture to sin through lies and deception. When Adam and Eve sinned from the beginning of uh, and caused the world to be broken, it was not simply just because they ate that fruit, but in doing so, they gave the dominion that was given to them to the serpent, and they forgot that they were the ones who God created in his image. God, however, made a promise that very day that one day a descendant of Eve would finally crush the head of that serpent. Before Christ appeared, Even ones who loved God like Abraham, Moses, David, and many others could not overcome the serpent as they had succumbed uh, to the infection of sin as well from that serpent. God promised David, though, that one of his descendants would be the king who finally defeated the serpent. But it was looking very, very hopeless because a lot of the kings after David led Israel to more failure and misery leading to captivity. And there there was no longer a king for Israel. But God, as we know, will always show up uh, when uh, the situation seems uh, uh, bleak. And uh, he'll do what his uh, word says, even when uh, there seems to be no hope. And when Jesus appeared, he showed the world a glimpse of what the world marred uh, by by sin before it was uh, marred by sin uh, looked like uh, in uh, doing his uh, various uh, miracles and forgiving people of their uh, sins. Uh, Most importantly, he did everything without sinning himself. When he died on the cross, cross, initially all of his followers, they felt that they were uh, defeated and without hope until he appeared to them in his resurrected body. In dying sinlessly and and resurrecting, he showed that he was the one to defeat the serpent along with the sting of death. He took back the authority that the serpent had usurped. 
And in doing that, he gave his followers the invitation to help redeem the world and live as redeemed children of his. If we are born of God, then we will desire to be aligned with God rather than the things that Jesus came to destroy. The reason that John used the language of a seed was because seeds take time to grow and they do not just sprout instantaneously. In time, it will do what it was created to do. Likewise, those who have God's spirit will spend uh, their uh, time with him and in doing that be more uh, of who uh, God made them to be with the desire to sin less. Again, we are going to stumble, but look at it like two different uh, animals who fall into mud. One will enjoy uh, spending their time in the mud, whereas the other will want to get out and uh, will actively try avoiding it again. And that is because they have two different natures. John assured uh, the audience uh, of this uh, book that when we stumble, we have an advocate. Some look at this text and think that he was not being consistent to what he had said earlier in the first two chapters about sin. But the reality is, is that he called for believers to constantly repent because it was folly to think that they would never sin. But at the same time, even though we have an advocate, sin is never acceptable. The sins in the context of this book being referred to uh, for um, those born of God would not participate in were unrepentant sins, denial of who Jesus is, and looking to have all the treasures in the world and living in hatred of others. Those are the main things that John wrote against throughout this letters. And these were the very same marks of the Pharisees in the Gospels. And it was to many of them that Jesus himself said and called the sons of the devil. The ones who are born of uh, God will also know that there is nothing in and of themselves that is greater than the sons of the devil. And that they were naturally were the sins of the devil. But only through his grace were they adopted in order to be different. When Jesus first called his disciples, he told them that the world was going to know they were his disciples through the love that they had, and he was setting them apart from the Pharisees who did not have love while thinking that they were righteous uh, himself. And so um, on June 6, 1944, what is known as D-Day, that was when the world was still in uh, the middle of the Second World War, and uh, the American, the British, and the Canadian forces they all arrived in uh, Normandy that day, and the Nazi forces, they were not expecting it, and they were completely overwhelmed and not given, even given the option to retreat, nor were they able to counter anything that the Allied forces did. The Nazi forces knew that very day that they were defeated and there was no recovery for them. The war was not officially over for another year, but from that day they were defeated. This is a picture of what the war with Satan and sin looked like. Both of them were defeated when Jesus was crucified and rose again, and they have no hope of ever recovering from that. But in the present, they are very still, uh, they're very much still existent, and we still have a responsibility to not relent on the war against them until Jesus comes back. Just like when the Allied forces, they could not just sit back and relax after D-Day, even though their victory was uh, inevitable. So uh, repeat that uh, po last point after me. Children of God adopted to contrast children of Satan. 
And so, uh, as I conclude, like, um, the original audience, it's very different than us in that, in the sense that we are not the scattered house churches after the fall of Jerusalem took place, and uh, we most likely are not dealing with the same exact philosophies that John had to address. But even though uh, we're not scattered that way, we are similar to the audience that John was writing to in the sense that there's always going to be false teachings that are prevalent that can entice us from forgetting about the truth of our adoption into God's family and the beauty of that. Of course, even today, we fall into sin just as much as they did while we wait for our Lord's return. But the most important parallel to the audience that we have is, like them, we have the promise and hope that when we were rejected by the world for standing by Jesus, we will be rewarded and that we are given a new identity into his family to live as regenerate images of God. Christ will eventually make all the wrong we face into uh, good. And when we look at the history of uh, believers, uh, we will see that there are many who brought important transformations to the world through their honorable acts and their act of love. As before Jesus entered the world, it was a very dark uh, place. For example, it was common for many nations to simply just uh, throw uh, infants into the water and drown them, especially if it was uh, uh, girls. But many uh, early believers, they were known to rescue infants, both boys and girls, from being killed and uh, drowned. And these early Christians, they were praised for their valuing of all human life and the way that they uh, loved. But unfortunately, church history is also marred by those who did wicked things in the name of Jesus and stained the witness of the uh, church. And to this day, it still gives skeptics fuel to draw people away from Christianity. But as those who experienced adoption, we need to be transformed into a people of humility who do good works not in order to be saved, but to show that we are saved and are a part of God's family and want others to be a part of that family as well. And let's be a, be a church that anticipates his return by being set apart from the practices of the world by living as citizens of God's kingdom first and let's show appreciation for his grace by living as if we were born again into a new nature and not the previous shameful pattern that we were born into. And let any suffering that we face for Christ ultimately be a tool that the Lord uses to remove our sins uh, continually. And uh, with that, turn with me to prayer. God, um, we uh, just uh, thank you uh, for uh, this uh, day and thank you for uh, uh, that grace of uh, adopting us uh, into your uh, family as uh, it's so different from any other uh, worldview. And thank you that you did not uh, treat us uh, as we uh, deserved, uh, but um, uh, you dealt with us uh, graciously and um, help us uh, to continue to uh, live as those who uh, manifest your uh, glory. And when we do uh, stumble, uh, help us to always know that we have an advocate, but at the same time, know that, um, that the way that we live shouldn't be marked by uh, unrepentance or the license to uh, uh, sin. And, uh, but yeah, we thank you that because of your cross, we have uh, victory and uh, continue to cover us uh, in your grace and give us the strength through your Holy Spirit to put off uh, uh, any uh, sin while we wait for your uh, return and uh, uh, draw everyone closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray.